0: Hey chaps, happy Wednesday, praise God, and inshallah, what a time to be alive, look at us just living, to all protestations from our clown enemies, here we are, just crushing, praise God, hope you chaps have had a wonderful day, I uh, had a great little uh, chat with Jared Sparks and Brian Sorvey uh, for the Majesty's Men. Uh, we've been recording a few shows together. Rob, Jake, welcome, brothers. Good to have you on. We had a, a great little chat today, just about uh, patriarchy and, and dominion. And uh, Rip John McAfee, did he die? Is this real? Even a degenerate old boy pokes a holy cow now and then. Praise God. Um. You've derailed me, Rob. This is this is huge news. Oh, an Epstein suicide, eh? Alrighty, let's get back to where I was going here, guys. Let's get back. This is not a McAfee posting show. Yeah, madness, mad stuff. So, Rob just said yeah, said it was a suicide a few hours after extradition was granted to the U.S. Amazing. Don't don't get caught up with the Feds, guys. Invite them camping, and that's it maybe they can invest in your project that's it keep the feds at a at a far distance <clears throat> anyway so i was having a great chat on uh, dominion and, and patriarchy with two galaxy brains you know i love it when you <laughs> when you have these uh, guys who who the back wall is just lined with theological tomes in rich leather and uh shelves of mahogany and it's like you know for me <laughs> when it came to dominion it's like man losing sucks no one likes a victim let's crush and then guys are like is this post mill and it's like fine if if that's what it is fine like i didn't even know what post mill meant i didn't even know you know all of these these things they they throw around these the- theological terms and things so it's like okay google it look it up you know so it's like it really is the the ADIQ gang you know this whole thing of like you know i don't i don't need um these crazy theological philosophical justifications obviously we want scripture to back you know that's i was thinking the other day I was driving home and i was just thinking the other day I was like you know that meme with the nazi guy is like are we the bad guys you know asking that question <laughs> and i was just thinking you know like Oh, I was thinking about guns and I was like, uh, because I've been, I've been watching some videos on, on some rifles and things like that. And I was like, man, I need to get, I need to get a, a sweet rifle. And, um, and I was like, are we the bad guy? Oh, that's what I was thinking. I was, I was thinking of, of Christian men being armed an armed populace and all this kind of thing. And I was like, are we the bad guys? And then I was just like, no, like you read the Bible you know and it's like you just read who are the men who are who are in the hall of faith for being just amazing patriarchs that we are to template our life after and it's like stop being stop being gay stop wondering if some seminary midwit is going to approve of your patriarchal rural lifestyle it's like it's not going to happen they're going to be like guys soilates let me tell you soilates are heavenly Oh my gosh, divine. You know, it's like that's gonna be your seminary your seminary uh holiness thing is like do you drink soy lattes down at the Whole Foods uh while having your hair dyed purple? And it's like we're not the bad guys here. <laughs> uh Jake, <clears throat> Jesus carried a sword, Rob post rifle. You know, shame to say all I've got is a little uh twenty two, a little AR uh twenty two, but I, I'd love to get a um I'd love to get a fell just because, you know, South Africa, Rhodesia, just to honor, honor my based African Anglo bros. Um, but I wouldn't mind getting a, um, an, an M14. I mean, mean, this is all just pie in the sky stuff of, of down the road when the Lord hath blessed me. Um, I mean, right now probably just take any cheap old, you know, AR platform or, or even an AK, um, you know, just get a rifle, just get a rifle guys. Blaine. Welcome brother. John Saxon. Welcome brother. So anyway, all of this to say, you know, we, we get to this place of like, uh, I was reading, I was just finishing up Fox days. Um, SJW always lie. Really great book. Highly recommend it. Um, and he's, he's going off on Vox Day is a galaxy brain, which is great. So he really goes hard into in-depth philosophy and, and whatnot on and stuff. But it's like he's also very good at, at bringing it back to application for the everyday man. And he, he makes a very important observation with dialectic. And uh, I say rhetoric, but rhetoric, as you Americans pronounce it. Um, being that dialectic is, you know, when we debate, we exchange uh, reason and logic and evidence. Whereas rhetoric is making claims of value, making claims of morality. For instance, you know, he gives the great little example. His title is rhetoric. SJWs always lie. Is that true? Not necessarily. They don't lie all the time. Is it? Is it observably, you know, factual? It's like, no, it's not a dialectical argument. Because then it would be like, when it comes to gaining power, it is observed that SJWs tend to use deceit, that would be dialectic, right? Rhetoric is SJWs always lie, we get it, right? All of us chaps who are not midwits, we get it, right? Of like, yeah, SJWs always lie, it's friend enemy, it's 2080, like it's pattern recognition, that's rhetoric, right? Rhetoric, and so that's why Trump was so brilliant is because All these conservative seminary boys, you know, conservative politicians and and seminary Christians, we're all trained in in dialectic. We're all trained to give reason and evidence and principled losing and all of the stuff. Whereas liberals are trained in rhetoric. They're trained to lie and uh, craft emotional stories and uh, poke at the heartstrings and use fear, use anger, use, you know, use emotion to move people into action or complaints. And so what you get is this insane inability of the guys speaking dialectic to actually persuade people who you know, our school system doesn't teach you logic, it doesn't teach you how to think. It's just like obey authority, obey rhetoric. And so you lose, you know, you lose because you'll go to a church service and the guy will, will have a very nicely well thought out theological uh, sermon for two hours on how we should have dominion. And then some Greg brain like me comes along and it's just like, Jesus, is the King of Kings, let's go crush. And everyone's like, yeah, makes sense. Whereas this guy's like, eh, I don't care. And in the same way with Trump, Trump was the first politician who came along who speaks rhetoric. That's all he does. He speaks rhetoric. He speaks in sweeping generalizations. You know, he makes, he makes every statement as a, a statement of morality or a statement of, you know, making a moral judgment. Or, uh, you know, he's like, frankly, this guy is phenomenal, folks. Phenomenal. You know, it's like that's rhetoric because is this guy phenomenal? No, he's just a dude doing his job. But everyone understands this guy's phenomenal. And so it's like, let me tell you, folks, I've been there, seen it with my own eyes. Everyone knows he's a lying cheat. It's like, that's rhetoric. Can you prove that? No, you can get sued for for that. The, the newspapers, that's all the newspapers talk in is rhetoric, rhetoric, because they make these sweeping statements that the majority of people can be like, yeah, that makes sense. That suits my pattern recognition brain that I don't care about the nuances. I don't care about the... Uh, cite your sources. Whenever someone's saying cite your sources, it's because they don't, they want to discredit what you're saying. And it, it, w- the time for debate is in a society full of people who are are your people. You debate within your own people. When dealing with friend-enemy, dealing with the, the out-group, it's all power. It's all power encounter. It's am I going to fold or are you going to fold? Am I going to persuade the normies or are you going to persuade the normies? Who's going to you know, that's why debates nowadays are just soundbites. Everyone's looking for the one slam dunk, you know, the, ooh, rhetoric, cut and paste, put it out on the web. And it's like, dude, you lost the debate. You lost the logical dialectic debate. And it's like, yeah, but I won the meme war. That's why memes. Memes are rhetor- are rhetoric. It's like, I won the meme war. And so we almost need to get to this place of like, again, don't throw this away. This is good for our group, right? You want to raise your children. You want to teach your children. You want to uh, engage with your friends, your tribe dialectically with reason, with evidence, with fairness. But when it comes to enemy, it's like, this is a power game, chaps. This is a power encounter. And so to, you know, like I'm not, I would never stoop to the level of name calling or insults or uh, flat out exaggerations and falsehoods and it's like, No, like you need to learn how to use linguistic kill shots. You need to learn how to pick up linguistic weapons and return fire. And that means sweeping generalizations. That means uh, very powerful word combinations. That means power displays of like, I'm going to go after someone. I'm going to insult someone's mission identity. Um, You know, this whole thing of like, everyone's like, oh, AOC is incompetent she's an imbecile and it's like yeah dialectically logically she's an imbecile she still wins she still beats you every time you know matt welsh matt welsh this dialectic high iq galaxy brain oh we're going to show her let's make a fund where we all pay for her grandmother's home and it's like you know that that's what you do for someone who's a friend that's what you do you know if if you're if you've got someone in in your your in group who is, you know, maybe thinks that you're a bastard and you're like, okay, I'm going to pay for your stuff. You know, a a gift opens back the heart. You know, that makes sense. She's your freaking enemy and she's just creaming you, uh, with rhetoric, you know? And so even you're like, oh, we won. She, she didn't want to help her grandmother at the expense of political grandstanding. It's like, yeah. And she won. And you look like an idiot except to yourself. Alrighty. Alrighty. Uh, John. Yeah. The enemy uses rhetoric all day long. Because it works with women and women dominate in our current world. Yeah, you know, fall on. And it works with men. You know, you, you men are predominantly rational, dialectic, but men understand rhetoric when they see it. They understand power when they see it. And that's what they like. You know, it's that whole thing of Trump, of like him making, if, you, if you've ever been to a Trump rally and he makes these, these sweeping statements, he insults people, He, he makes huge, like moral judgments. And it's like, yeah, it's a power display of our guy, right? That's the friend enemy distinction. Did our guy do it? Then it's fine. Did their guy do it? Not fine. And it's like, we want our guy to be able to wield power. You know, that's why, that's why like Ted Cruz is never going to make it. You know, guys always try and meme him. And like Ted Cruz is being like Trump's training him. He's learning from Trump. It's like, no, no. He's he is forever stuck in this logical dialectic lawyer brain conservative good guy mode. He he cannot grasp the meme persona, right? Because you have to here's what happens here's what happens when a conservative or a christian steps into the rhetoric world. Guys say you're unhinged, you're low IQ, you've got the the uh Vocabulary of a fifth grader or the sentence structure of a fifth grader, you know, all these insults that were leveled at Trump uh, That are leveled at at guys who are very effective at doing their job because it's like, oh crap, this guy's effective How do we stop him? We insult his intelligence. We insult his You know, well, the something's like A lot of these guys can't handle that. They're like, please. I'm not stupid. I'm clever boy. I was like, yeah Bunch of gays. All right. Johan Bodnos, Welcome, brother Rob, men on a mission need a 5W, not a 75-page con op. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's nice to be on on the base and be like, you know, you know, nerd out over the 75-page, you know, all the in-depth analysis, and it's like that's great, that's fun. But yeah, majority of the time, it's like, what's the bullet points? Give me the bullet points. What are the major things? And then we make decisions on the ground and go hard. Uh, Blaine, friend good, enemy bad is more inspirational than a two-hour lecture. And that's what we want. We want a pastor to stand up and literally be like, friend, good, enemy, bad. Everyone be like, oh, this is amazing. Money, take my money. Because we want a king. We want a king who will defend us. We want a king who will boundary keep this safe place. And you know when you don't have a safe place? When the guy who's leading an institution is unwilling to make a distinction between friend or enemy. You know, and so it's like, oh, guys, you know, let's just, let's just love everybody. You know, let's just get along with everybody. Like, guys, we need to be servant leaders. Guys, we need to just die to ourselves and love the clowns. And it's like, no, the clowns are bad. The clowns are evil. Uh, They want to kill your children and eat your dog. And it's like, that is, that is the reality of all the dudes who go to church, all the dudes who work in the institutions. It's like. We can see, we can see through all of this crap. We can see the patterns. And so we want a leader who says, yeah, I see them too. That one bad, that one good. And then we can be like, that one bad. Yeah, that one's bad. That one good. Yeah, that, okay, I trust you. Because the the liberal Christians, the liberal pastors, they have no problem being like, Trump, people, bad, evil, non-vaccinated people, bad, evil. You know, they have no problem making moral judgments against people. You know, like if you fly an American flag, you're a Nazi, you bloody Nazi, you know? And so all of their people are like, yes, friend, good, enemy, bad. Yes. And so liberal churches are incredibly tight and tribalistic and safe. They're safe places for the clowns. But you go to a conservative church like, guys, we can't stoop down to that level. We can't stoop down to, you know, gatekeeping people. And it's like, no, we want you to gatekeep. We would like you to keep us safe. Keep our children from being eaten by clowns. You know, it's like, and so the moment one guy does that, it's like, yes, thank you. You know, thank you for not being insane. Thank you for not being a liar. So yeah, more inspirational than a two-hour lecture, straight on. Andrew Quinn, welcome, brother. Nick, welcome, brother. Um, John Saxon, that's all appealing to women. Yeah, definitely. Maybe, maybe, let, let me say it from the side. It's appealing to women, and what do men want? Men want sex, men want families, men want respect from women. You know, so we want to go to a place where the best uh where the best women are. I wouldn't even say that, you know, because there's lots here here's the thing again, there's lots of churches that are full of women and no men. And it's like, you know, you could argue that the quality of the woman is, is terrible. Uh, but I would say it's due to the the powerlessness of the preacher to attract and to attract and serve men. John, welcome, brother John Noel. ADIQ checking in. Welcome, brothers. And I think this is the other thing as well. You know, it's it's a great meme for us. You know, this whole thing of you know, I'm sure most of us here are probably clocking in above the the 110 um, IQ range. No doubt, some of you guys are probably full on gal- like accredited galaxy brains. But the ADIQ meme is so useful to us. It's so valuable because. A lot of us chaps, we overthink things so hard, you know, and then it's a, it's a wonderful decision-making tool to be able to go, what would Greg do in this situation? I'm like, what would Greg Scott do in this situation? Like Greg Scott, friend, good, enemy, bad crash. And it's like, great. There's my decision. Like trust your gut, you know? Maybe that's it. Our head is, you know, 120, 130 IQ, whatever. Some of you guys are hitting high levels up there in the fricking nosebleeds. But our heart is 80 IQ grug, you know? And it's like, sometimes we need to follow our heart. Listen to your heart. That's why Jesus liked Peter so much, you know? Peter was fricking, Peter was grug brain 101, you know? <laughs> Dude just did everything, you know, hard on his sleeve, you know? And, um, and I think even like you look at Paul, Paul, total galaxy brain, uh, you know, almost Ben Shapiro esque before he gets saved. You know, you can imagine him being Ben Shapiro cruising around the church scene. You're like, gang, really, we, we, really, we're going to tolerate these freaking Christians. Let's stone them, gang. Come on. First, a word from our sponsors while we stone this guy, you know, and then like he gets saved, you know, he, he loses the deceitfulness. He loses the gamma. And he realizes that, okay, you know, I repent Lord for being a gamma and and running the daily wire against the church. And then he goes hard as a galaxy brain, but fricking Peter, man, you know, Peter was just out there. Absolutely. Just, you know, crushing. It's like friend, good enemy, bad. You know, they go and get sandwiches in the, in the one village. And and it's like, no, these people don't like Jesus. It's like, Lord, should we call down fire? Let me do it, Lord. You know, it's like, Jesus like, calm down, calm down, Peter. You know, and then they're in the garden at night and Judas comes and and, and betrays Jesus. And Peter's like, no, Lord. And like starts hacking guys' ears off. And, and Peter's like, oh, calm down. Calm down, Peter. Easy, boy. Easy. And, uh, you know, like he never sidelines Peter for that. He never, you know, he even rebukes Peter once. He's like, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, you clown. And he's like, Lord, me. Uh, you know, and he gets hurt by the Lord, and you know, then he goes and messes up, and he denies Christ, and you know, that's that's so indicative of our grug heart, of our adiq heart. You know, our heart is Peter, our mind is Paul. You know, but Jesus says to him, "It's like Peter, on you, I'll build my church." You know, on on you, I will. You know, this this humble, grug hearted, grug brained, rough fisherman. You're a man after my own heart. <clears throat> w. Laser, Welcome brother. Varna von Braun's tombstone. I believe there is scripture upon that tombstone. Welcome brother. Rob faith and action is very eff- is very effective. If lived simply grug, sometimes a mountain is just a mountain. Yeah. It's really good, bro. And, and to not overthink things, you know, I think we, we so it's a sigh up of, of it's, it's a ethnic weakness of the white, uh, you know, this Anglo-Germanic race of ours to overthink everything, you know, we live very much in our minds. We live very much in concepts. Um, and that's okay. It's, it's what's built beautiful things. You know, you can only build what you've seen in your mind, but there comes a time when you stop worrying about perfecting the thing and just be like, Done is better than perfect. Let's go and do. And then once you're doing, that's when you can start perfecting. Perfecting doesn't happen in the conceptual realm. Perfecting happens in the action realm. <clears throat> uh, John, and that time when Peter sprints into the tomb and the other apostle looked in from the entrance. Yeah. That's it, man. Peter was just full, you know, He, he everything he did, he did at 100%, you know, just absolute going hard. Golden retriever mindset. Matt, hilarious, just freaking, just happy all the time, shedding my hair, all right, let's carry on where I was going with this, so one of the things with, with uh, rhetoric and dialectic, you know, we look at the world through a world, it's called a world view, we view the world through a frame, right, and when we grow up, it's in our parents' frame, our parents, here's what happens, right, We, we go, we go to the, to the, the fair, right? The County fair, you know, we're a little four or five year old guy. No way. I'll I'll go even, even sooner, right? You're you're two years old. You just learned to walk. You're putting your hands and everything, right? The fireplace is going. There's a grid in front of the fireplace, which gets really hot. And your dad says to you, don't touch the grid. You will burn. It's, you will hurt yourself, right? And so that's our father framing for us what is good or bad what is uh do or don't do right he's starting to frame the world for us so then of course we're going to test the limits right because we want to test frames right so we're like well i'm going to touch the thing and either the fire burns us or our father burns us whichever comes first right to teach us that you don't go against what i've told you is the frame <clears throat> then we go to the county fair you know another way of setting frame is like You see some freak show, you know, crazy, some crazy thing, some aberration happen at the county fair. And you look to your dad and you're like, what is my dad's reaction to this thing? And if your dad says, we don't do that, son, that's, that's not good. Then it's like, okay, worldview frame. That is not good. We don't do that. If it's a passive father, the passive father is just like, Okay, we're gonna sit through, you know, the 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 good father be like, nope, we're getting up and we're we're leaving. We don't do this. Or, you know, the, the good father actively speaks out, like, I don't agree with this, this is a bunch of crap. So you're watching your father, you're watching your father set a frame for you through the world, right? And sure, he does it through dialectic. You know, later on he might take you aside and be like, Listen, listen, son, when this when someone does this, this is the effects of that, this is what happens, this is why you don't want to do it. This is this is the observable the, here's the three university cited links to the thing, you know, but in the moment, what you witnessed was a power encounter. What you, what you witnessed was rhetoric, either of your dad putting power onto the world or the world putting power onto your dad. So if something happens, something like, Ooh, this is not a good show. And your dad just sits there and doesn't do anything. Your dad is being framed and you're being framed that we are, we are, we are powerless against this thing. This thing is good. We are bad, right? That's what happens with uh, with a abu- you know sexual abuse and stuff, it's like I'm bad, right? This thing is happening to me. This worldview is being pushed on me because my dad is not protecting me. My dad is not telling me that what what the thing is. And so, what happens is we grow up in this world of of masculine, a lack of masculine frame setting, a lack of masculine power on the world. And so we we either, you know, we either let the world frame us, we let the world set out our frame, or, you know, we kind of, we kind of act out, you know, to try and see, am I powerful? Can I set up, I don't like this, you know, and, and that's either rebellion against your parents or rebellion at school, or, you know, rebellion against society of like, I'm going to go travel East Asia and grow my hair out and not wear underpants. And so... You know, it's all this kind of natural, innate manliness coming out of like, I need to set frame. I don't like this frame. I don't know what a good frame is, but I I don't like this. And so I'm going to act out. And so, you know, that's where we get to this thing now of of Christianity where, you know, you arrive in a church or some guy preaches to you or, you know, a Christian coworker ministers to you. What they are doing is they're giving you a map of the world. They're giving you a different map of the world, right? Your dad gave you a map. This is how the world works. School gave you a map. This is how the world works. Uh, University, TV, right? Uh, Social media, news. It's always giving you a map. This is how the world works. Now, it's not always true. It's just here's the map, right? And there's a, a saying, the map is not the terrain. In other words, the map it shows you where things should be it shows you what could be but until you go there you don't know that that is true you know and so clown world gives you a map that says you know women can do anything men can it's like that's a map right there and if you believe that cuz you're like okay well then you know you you go to uh you go to war and now you're picking you know, your your three mates to go with you on a patrol. And it's like, a woman or a dude? Who do I pick to? It's like, no, I want to live, right? But if your map is, women can do everything men can do, it's like, oh, let's take the woman on the patrol, and then we all die, right? That map was not true because when you went on the map, it said, this bridge is good. And then you went across that bridge and you fell down a ravine. The church should be a a remapping for people, a more accurate map for people, right? A guy should be preaching. Hey guys, here's what the Bible says about women. Here's what the Bible says about money. Here's what the Bible says about work. Here's what the Bible says about name, anything that we need a map of a frame of, they should be giving us a more accurate map because the Bible, the worldview laid out in the Bible, it's very offensive to clown world. It, It totally puts their maps to shame. It, it, shows up their maps. You know, they have a map that says X, like, don't go there. And it's like, why don't we go there? And you look at the Bible map and it's like treasure, treasure, uh, treasure cave over here. And it's like, they're trying to stop me from going to a treasure cave. You know, and that's, it's literally it. It's like, you know, the maps that they give us are to impede us. The maps that they give us are to booby trap us. The maps that they give us are to stop us from encountering the treasures that God has set for us to find and to use and to steward. And a lot of this comes through rhetoric, you know. A lot of this comes through believing uh, value statements, moral judgments that other people have put on us. And so, I really want to hit on on this today for us with with dominion. You know, one of the 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 huge rhetorical uh, successes of the world of world on us has been libertarianism of like, guys, just you know, don't get involved, don't crush don't try and build institutional power be an individual individualism is where it's at you can get out of responsibilities you can get out of sticky things and it's like okay that's great whereas the bible is like no no no. if we build an institution if we build a tribe we can go crush other institutions we can go crush clowns we can go set normies free we can go do amazing things if we build institutions if we build hierarchies if we build honor systems, you know, it's like, okay, that's all value judgments, you know? So I'm, I'm saying to you like, Hey, tribalism, good individualism, bad. Like those are rhetorical statements that if you internalize them, it changes your map. Right. For so long, you know, I've operated from this thing of like, Oh, just got to be an individual, individual, good individual, good, small government, good, small government. Good. Uh, you know, uh, corporations. Good. Corporations good. And and so we run this, you know, libertarianism virus when you're like, that's not the map. That's not the map to sunny rainbow pot of gold. That's the map to freaking bottom of the of the crap hill, of the crap precipice. You know, and so instead it's like, okay, Lord, what is the true map? What is the true map? Is patriarchy dominion? You know, those two values, those two tools, they're toolkits, right? They're a vehicle. To take us to the sunny pot of gold with a rainbow. A, a proper rainbow. We're taking back the rainbow. Let me tell you. Seven seven colored rainbow, please. So, anyways. <clears throat> Vanna von Braun's tombstone. Yep. Psalms 19, verse 1. I believe uh, uh von van Braun was, uh, what's it? Dome peeled. Uh, Drongo, welcome, brother. Uh, John, no, the point of rhetoric is winning. Exactly, brother. Department of winning. John Saxon, men's power has been destroyed by women. How do we crush when our women will block us? Yeah, and, and here's the thing, man. We, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. One of the, the biggest um, trappings for us is to treat our women as men, right? We fall into the liberal frame. We fall into the clown frame when we expect women to lead us out of this hell. When we expect um, women to put in their equal share to lead us out of this hell. And this is where patriarchy gets, it gets super white pilling for us as guys. And it gets super uh, scary for the liberals, for the egalitarians, for the feminists. You know, when you see a woman's role as is as help meet to you, to your mission, you stop worshiping the woman, but it also means you stop. So like, I don't worship women. In fact, I'm quite angry at women. It's like, okay, you also stop being angry at women. you also stop being a victim of women because it's not up to them to get us out of this crap. Women fill the container they are given, right? And right now, the container they are given is feminism, clown world, cuck, soft churches, uh, and 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 me, right? My own life, I'm having to, to undo liberal frames and fear of the upset woman and all the stuff I was growing up with, you know, with regards to women. And so, when it comes to to writing our own our own treatment of ourselves, it's identity, right? King energy. A lot of guys are afraid uh, to treat women as a helpmeet rather than a either either a, a slave, a, degre- a You know, I hate women. They're beneath us. Uh, no, you know, the the Muslim view of women, or the, the memed Muslim view of women. I don't really know what what the Muslim view of women is, but it's a good meme for us to to look at. Uh, and then the exalted, you know, woman, we worship woman, servant leadership to woman, woman pastors, woman, it's her mission. I'm her helpmeet. Those are both wrong. The middle ground is I'm a man on a mission. I'm a king. And it's not good for a man to be alone. So God has given me a help, right? So she helps my mission. Now, here's the big problem. The meme that guys fall into, it's the exact same thing with race. Guys fall into a meme where the moment I discipline my wife, the moment I discipline You know, if I have daughters, God willing, one day, the moment I discipline, um, a woman, oh my gosh, you Nazi, you're a Muslim, you're Muslimizing. You know, it's like, no, no, no. Like we, here's the, here's the real patriarchal take, right? Men love your wives as Christ loves the church. Woman submit to your husband as is fitting to the Lord, right? So if you cannot you know cuz all these women worship Jesus they pray to Jesus they sing love songs to Jesus and like Jesus i'll do anything for you Jesus and it's like okay do that to your husband that's the correct that's the correct frame for a christian woman right treat your husband as Jesus that sounds blasphemous treat your husband as Jesus now husband treat your wife as Jesus would tr- treat the church right and so for us this this huge kind of this huge kind of task is to lead our women out of feminism and liberalism and the container that was set for them. We need to set a new container. We need to set a new frame, which is, you know, it's it's this crazy thing of like we think, you know, I've man, I've been I've had calls with a few guys who have just got phenomenal testimonies, you know, about where they came out of with their marriage to their wives and how like once they got uh, right with God and and started becoming a patriarch. Boom! Their their wife started molding to that frame, because the wife wants to be a helpmeet. She wants you to be on a mission. You know, it's when we turn around and either worship the woman or degrade the woman. Then it's like, well, I'm gonna try control you. I'm gonna try close you down and lock you down rightly, like you say. And it's a thing of us being on mission. It's a thing of us going hard and be like, you can come along with me, or you can bugger off. Like that's the mindset, you know. And the guys like, oh, serve her, serve her, and it's like, no, serve your mission. Serve your God, unbury your talent, and go crush. And it's like she has the you are extending the privilege to her to come along on your mission. It's you know this thing, this thing of worshiping women and being their helpmeet is is over. You know, no more of this stuff going on here. Alrighty, <clears throat> Acts four verse thirteen. So the 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 Jewish uh, clever boys, the Sanhedrin or the Pharisees or whatever it was. Um, they've got, I think it's, it's Peter and John. I haven't got my Bible in front of me, so I'm just going to give you guys the, uh, paraphrased version. But basically they tell these dudes, you know, they, they bring them in, whip them around a bit and, uh, basically, you know, give them the Ben Shapiro rundown of how they're being, uh, you know, stupid and they need to cease and desist from preaching the gospel. And it says, Acts verse four, th- four, 4, verse 13, it says something to the effect of these were unlearned men, talking of, of Peter and, and John. They were unlearned men. In other words, they weren't high IQ, they weren't seminary graduates, they weren't hotshot lawyers. Um, yet by their boldness, uh, they, people knew that these men had been with Jesus. What a great statement, you know, this whole thing of being bold. And it goes back to what, what we were talking about, I think yesterday, but this whole thing of living a fearless life goes back to there is no reward for boldness if you don't believe in a rewarding God. There is no reward for sacrifice if you don't believe in a God who rewards sacrifice and boldness and obedience. You know. And, and it's that way for for our women as well. You know, you you a lot of us are afraid of being rejected. We're afraid of the upset woman. We're afraid of being punished by women. And it's like there has to come a time when it's like, God, I believe you will reward me. I believe you will, uh, you know, either change my wife's heart or uh, will sort out whatever crap comes next by me stepping into my mission and stepping into my identity. You know, we have to understand that God wants us to become patriarchs. And so he's going to, he's going to move. He's going to do some heavy lifting on our behalf. He's going to direct our steps. <clears throat> Alrighty. And then the clowns are anti-God and anti-patriarch, right? The Christian family is God's unit of design, his base unit of design, right? Based around the patriarch, his help meet their children. That's the building block of society, right? So the patriarch, the clowns want to destroy that. How do you destroy the family? Either through the woman, you 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 destroy the woman and, and get them to think that they need to be boss babes and travel the world and, and go to seminary or go to university and go be a hotshot career woman. Or you take the man away and make him passive, make him ashamed, make him uh, uh, impotent, you know, which, and both are, you know, oh, drink some soy, little guys. <laughs> don't look at the sun, <laughs> you know, don't lift weights. You know, all this making men just totally weak and making women totally hard. <clears throat> and so that's the the agenda is to destroy the Christian family. And so it goes both ways, you know, the this thing of, the the target, I was gonna say like the target is mainly the man. The man is the one who has to re-kickstart everything. He is the main target of attack as far as he's the one who has to he's the one who has to kickstart the engine again. You know, the woman is not gonna kickstart the engine. There is there is some biblical precedent, you know, for a, a wife who just submits to her husband, you know, to her unbelieving husband or whatever, and that she may win him to Christ by just submitting and being a, a helpmeet meet and, and being an honoring wife. But again, it's so that the man can then kickstart, you know? And so for a lot of us, we are uncomfortable with the idea of being alone. We're of like, man, if it's going to be, it's up to me. And it's like, that's pretty hard. You know, it's a pretty hard, um, gig of like, you know, my wife is against me. My, my family's against me. My friends are against me. My church is against me. Uh, but my God is for me, you know? And, And this is this kind of like crazy mindset where David Found himself. His 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 family was getting Joseph. His family sold him into slavery. David's family didn't even consider him for the, the nice little banquet with the prophet. He was out backside. He got the worst job in the family business. We have to be okay with some form of, of rejection, some form of upset, upset people, upset women, upset friends, upset journalists, upset pastors, upset Christians. Because when you when you decide to become a patriarch, the grug brain needs to kick in this grug brain of, I don't care what anyone says, friend, good, enemy, bad, and, and let's go crush, you know, and it comes to, to a point where, and it's not nice, you know, it's not nice to have your wife upset with you, to have your pastor upset, you know, have Christians being like, yo, he, you used to be such a nice guy. You used to be, uh, you know, we used to really like you and all this stuff. And now you're just a bigot, Nazi homophobe, you know, whatever the thing is. And it's like, there's no point in dialectic. There's no point in trying to win them back. I'm like, please like me again. You don't understand. If I could just show you the memes, the 462 sequential memes that got me to this place, you'd understand too. It's like, no, no, no. Leave them, leave them behind, and go into the desert and just go crush. Trust God to bring you 400 new friends. Trust God to uh, just absolutely vindicate you uh, for for this. You know, I'm telling you, chaps, when you decide to become a David. You will be. You will experience a desert season. You know, if you decide to become a Joseph, you will experience a slave or prison season. It's, you know, we are blessed. We're so blessed. We have the blessings of Abraham. You know, Jesus Christ has has won us uh, sonship to God, but it also it, it also comes hand in hand with in this world you will have trouble. So I am blessed while I have trouble. I am blessed while I'm in the desert. I'm going to enjoy myself while I'm in the desert. I'm going to enjoy myself while I'm in the prison. You know, it's a total mindset shift, Jeps, of we've got to start enjoying. You know, what's that whole thing of uh, in James where he says, uh, endure, uh, you know, endurance and patience and the, the perfecting of your faith uh, when you endure hardship or temptation or whatever. We've got to start enjoying it you know of because we become so conflict averse as a as a it's a ethnic weakness of ours we become so conflict averse and it's like i think there needs to come a, a you know the bloody irish we need to learn from you know the bloody irish drinking fighting and drinking you know it's like well they got the fighting part right you know <laughs> and it's like i think we need to we need to get a bit of a fight in us You know, and not not fighting the world and and being angry and and just fighting everyone. No, no, no. It's like my fight is against clowns in institutional places. So I'm not fighting the NPCs. I'm not angry at the normies. I'm not angry at my wife. I'm not angry at my pastor. I'm not angry at you know the people who rejected me and all this stuff. It's like, no, no, no. Like I'm a man after God's heart. I've got a calling on my life. Chaps, you have to, you have to personalize this. You have to get this. This thing of, you know, David was smeared with with oil to be anointed king. We've been smeared with the blood of Jesus, right? We have to see this, this identity change for us of like, I don't care what everyone else says. God said to me, I'm with you, be not afraid. I'm with you, take courage. I'm with you, go. You know, we have to get that thing in of like, no matter who's offended. You know, David, his own wife was embarrassed at him, right? David decided to go worship the Lord naked down the street. His own wife was like, upset about it. And he was like, well, screw you. I'm never sleeping with you again. It's like, that's, that's hard for us to understand, but it's like the mission came first for him. The calling came first for him. The, the identity of kingship came first for him. Uh, John Saxon, men matter more than women. If Adam didn't eat the forbidden fruit, then the fall does not happen. Sure. The chick dies, but who cares? The fall doesn't happen. (laughs) You know, there's, there's so much, there's so much misunderstanding of, uh, Here's the here's the problem with, with that view for us. Adam and Eve are not separate. They're one flesh. And and here's our biggest thing. If we hate women, if we if we think that that women are a separate, you know, you almost need to get to this place of like I own my wife, right? She is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. And from that place, you you treat her differently you it's it's an ownership mentality it's not a oh i don't like her she's she's terrible and i'm a victim of her it's like no if you know if here's a a very crude example but it's like if your if your motorbike isn't giving you a very good ride you know you you take it back to the workshop and you fix it you figure out what the problems are and you fix it but a lot of guys are like i hate this stupid motorbike to the and like you look at some other guy riding his motorbike, and you're like, he's got a nice motorbike. Where did he get a nice motorbike? And it's like, yeah, some guys have amazing marriages. Some guys have great marriages. And it's like they didn't just fall into it. You know, they didn't just be like, oh, this girl. It's like, no, I'll bet you right now. Every single relationship, dudes have been like, I'm leaving. I'm done with this. My bags are packed. Like I'm sleeping on the couch. I'm, you know, I bet you right now. Every single relationship has had moments where they were like, this is not how it's supposed to be. And it's from that moment where you then decide I'm going to be a victim and just give into this, or I'm going to take charge as a man and go hard after my mission and go hard after being a patriarch. You know, it's, it's, it's a huge thing to, to try and get through, but it's like, I, dude, I'm coming from that place. I'm coming from an effeminate liberal frame. I'm coming from a worship woman frame, serve woman frame, uh, a fear of the upset woman frame. Like that's me you know, and, and one of the ways we deal with that is by, by getting angry at women and by being a victim of women. And so I just want to say this, you are the frame, you are the container for any woman that comes into your life and women are great at filling the container. You give them, you give them a good container. That's what they'll conform to. So yes, there'll be some bucking and kicking and, you know, some, uh, some initial like poking and testing, shit testing. Like that's what it's called, right? They're testing the boundaries to see if you're for real. They're testing the boundaries to see if this is what you really mean. And it's like, yeah, this is what I really mean. And so, so anyway, all of that to say that there's we need to get to this place because the liberal world doesn't allow us to say this. Like, you control, you own your wife, bastard. You know, it's like they don't allow us to say. It, but it's like unless you have that that mentality, you there's going to be a divorce down the road. There's going to be, you know, it's that whole thing with. You know, Jordan Peterson, a blind squirrel get, you know, a blind squirrel still finds a nut. He said, You you don't want to let your children become unenjoyable to you. You don't want to let them become unenjoyable to you. And it's like, that makes a lot of sense. You know, you have the power to shape and discipline your children. Likewise, you have the power to shape and discipline your wife. And that's super offensive. But what's the alternative? Hating them, avoiding them, degrading them blaming them uh you know so it's it's a great thing it's a great rabbit hole to to go down um rob let the dead bury the dead vanna very refreshing thanks brother <clears throat> matt uh mcafee just got epstein today and <laughs> press f <laughs> yeah we uh, uh rob was on it at the beginning of the stream i was like what the heck is john mcafee doing on my on my stream and it's like oh he got epsteined. Respects, John Saxon by men owning women do you mean as property you know yes no it's flesh of your flesh bone of your bones do you own your body is your body your property you know what I'm saying like this is a this is a it's a huge thing for us to to marinate on and, and stew on on my notes is this whole thing of no defeatism? You know, one of one of the biggest things of the Grug, you know, is the, the fighting man in the trench. You know, you can't have a defeatist mindset. You can't have men who are down and gloomy and just waiting for for a shell to drop on their head. Like that guy's gonna die, he's not gonna make it. You know, but the chap who who who's happy and smiling and is like, Well, whatever happens, happens, chaps, and 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 you know, the, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, victory is up to the Lord. Let's go crash. You know, that's Jonathan charging the mountain of 30 dudes. And so, so you get to this place for us where it's like, Lord, you know, I'm going to be happy in the prison. I'm going to be happy in the desert. And should you come into a palace? You know, if you're in a palace place of your life, like that's, that's freaking awesome. Praise God. You know, praise God for that, brothers. May Long may I continue. But there will be hardship in your life. And it's at that point where you choose to be like, you know, I'm not going to get down. I'm not going to black pill. I'm not going to get to this point of of defeat. Like what does the clowns, what do the clowns want? They want you to, to fall down and die. They want you to fall over, give up, give up your institutions, give up your patriarchal role, give up your dominion mandate and die. Or just go be alone in a cave somewhere like Elijah. That's what they want. So don't give it to them. Smile, you know, this whole thing of, of rabid belief, you know, you tell 300 dudes that God is on their side and they're gonna make it. They charge. They they just go like, let's let's go, brothers, for glory or death. Let's go. And it's like those dudes are scary. You tell 10,000 cucks that God is against them and that they're cursed and that they're gonna die. They run. They they break and run. You know. And it's like 300 beats 10,000 when the belief is there. And it's like, and and that's the next thing. The well, Scott, good. Actually, actually, the 300 all died. It's like, yeah. They died in glory. They died in freaking glory. And that's the, the mindset we've got to have. Is like, man, if God comes through for me, awesome. Freaking glory on earth. And if he doesn't, we have to have a reward theology, chaps. God rewards obedience. God rewards courage. God rewards faith acted out against crazy odds. Praise God and inshallah. <clears throat> uh, Rob, we strive to be stewards of our property. Property is something worth protecting. Sounds like a good mindset for a wife. Yeah, exactly, bro. And it's, and again, your property is an asset. Your property is something you want to look after and hand down and, and, and be valuable. And it's like, man, our genetics are something we want to hand down. And and it's like, you want to have little mini use. And it's like, you know, that's the, 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 the whole thing of like you and your wife being one flesh, you know, praise God and, 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 and inshallah that we should all have many children from our union with our wives. That's a really good way to put it there, Rob. Uh, John, yeah, that's what I think. Male ownership model ensures men actually care. Yeah, the fornication or rental model means men don't care about chicks. And why would they? Exactly. You know, if you're just if you're just renting, if you're just getting what you want, it's like, dude, rental cars get pumped and dumped. And let me tell you, you ramp those bloody things as hard as you can. Ooh, sounds like dinner's going on, righty boys. I'll see you all tomorrow, and uh, this has been a phenomenally fun day. And, uh, moral of the story sometimes we need to use our grug brain, not our galaxy brain. The galaxy brain is for our friends, grug brain is for our enemies. Praise God! Love you, boys. Have a, a wonderful evening. Further.